And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. It reads, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called. Isn't that a blessing? Lay hold on eternal life. And Paul is telling Timothy, you were called. <laughs> oh, you were called to have eternal life. Tell your neighbor, born for this. Born for this. Born to have eternal life. Isn't that a blessing? And he said, and hath professed a good profession before many witnesses. Even Timothy was boasting that he had eternal life. And so Paul said to him, I need you to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. I want to talk this morning on the topic, silencing the noise in my life. Silencing the noise in my life. How many of you agree sometimes our life can get somewhat noisy? I'm not talking about making a joyful noise unto the Lord. That is good noise. Let me say that again. That is good noise. God didn't bless all of us with voices like trumpets. Amen? So when we do sing, it's noise and God loves it. Are you with me? You know, you know what I'm talking about. If you ever sing in your shower and you're not on the choir, that's noise. <laughs> But the Bible says it's joyful, what? God loves it. I'm not talking about silencing that type of noise. I'm not sure if you have recently looked in the mirror and said, why do I feel so overwhelmed? That's the kind of noise I'm talking about. Why do I feel so much pressure? Why do I feel so harassed? Have you been there? Why aren't things coming together and staying together? I'm not sure if you've ever asked yourself that question. But I ask that question to myself ongoingly. Because brother, when you live on earth, brothers and sisters, earth is an interesting place to live on. Hmm? You have a devil after you. You after you, the flesh. <laughs> oh, <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> Are you with me? And then you got the world. A, conf a, a confederacy of three devils. An unrenewed mind called the flesh always trying to pull you down. And pull you in the past. Hmm? That's what the, the... Being in the flesh is like tying a dead body to you and walking around with a dead body. That's, that, that's what an unrenewed, an unrenewed mind is like. It's like walking around with a dead body strapped to your back. That's the way, yeah. <laughs> yes, Lord. <laughs> now, if that's you, if you've looked in the mirror and you've asked yourself these questions, hopefully what I'm about to share with you this morning will help. Amen? I believe I heard this from the Lord. He would have me speak to you on this particular verse right here. Fight the good fight of faith. 
According to Bible scholars, though, when the Apostle Paul wrote this particular chapter to Timothy, this verse in particular he had in mind when he wrote this verse. Now listen to what I'm saying. I think this is very important. I have not taught that the way I'm going to teach it today. Amen? So when the Apostle Paul was writing to Timothy, a young preacher, a young minister, the Bible says we were all called to the ministry of what? Reconciliation. So it's for everybody sitting here this morning and for those of you who are viewing, thank you for joining us. Amen? So when he wrote this right here, this is what he had in mind. He had in mind the exercises or the training one must undergo in order to win the public Grecian games. That's what he had in mind. So Paul knew how these athletes, they trained he knew how these athletes labored intensively, labored fervently. And with that picture in mind, he's writing to his protege and telling him, fight the good fight just like the athletes. Labor intensively because you need to lay hold on eternal life. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? You don't just lay hold on eternal life like that. Mm-mm, mm-mm. You may have an aspect of eternal life because in a while you will see eternal life is not necessarily living forever. Are you getting what I'm saying, brothers and sisters? So Paul said to when he's writing to his protege, amen, his, his, men, his mentee, a good word? His mentee, and he's telling him, you need to lay hold on eternal life. And he said, not only that, you were born for this. You were called to live an eternal life. And you yourself, you professed it. What's going on? You see, I believe, like some of us, Timothy felt a little har harassed. You know, sometimes he feel a little overwhelmed. You know what I'm talking about? Things are not just clicking together. I should. And if that's you this morning, I think, as I said, that will help you. Now, I want to go through that text meticulously. The first word, I want to go through it textually. Let me say that. I want to go through the text and uncover every word because since I'm talking too fast. It's because I have so much material to cover. And I'm looking at that clock. We must put that clock down. <laughs> but the first word in this text is fight. The word fight here, listen carefully. The word fight here is phonetically pronounced in the Greek. Hear the pronunciation. Agonid Zomai. Agonid Zomai. That's what the word faith here. I had an exhibit to send, but I'm sorry, I forgot. Agonizomai. When you hear the word agonizomai, what English word just pops to your mind? I mean, hear the word agonizomai. I knew I was among Christian elites. Everybody said collectively, agony. That's right, agonizomai. That's what the word, that's what, that's the, it's pronounced. But this is what it means. It means to struggle. It means to compete for a prize. You see, in the Christian life, brothers and sisters, living the Christian life on earth, sometimes it's a struggle. Sometimes you got to compete. Sometimes you got to make things manifest. Are you with me, saints? Some things that are just going to fall in your, on your doorsteps. The devil is not going to make it that easy for you. Are you getting what I'm saying? He's not going to make it easy for us to lay hold on eternal life. We might just get too happy. <laughs> oh, glory be to you. 
So th th that's what the word means. Uh, one of the meaning of the word, I said uh, it means to struggle, to compete, but the meaning I love the most is to labor fervently. Mm. To labor fervently or to labor earnestly. That's what Paul told the saints in Colossae. There was uh, his name was Epaphras. He was a young minister. Can you go to Colossians chapter 4 verse 12? Let's see what Paul said about him. Colossians chapter 4 verse 12. Amen. It reads here, Paul is telling the saints in, um, Paul is telling the saints in Colossae, there is somebody, a servant of Christ, who is standing in the gap for you. Amen. He said, Epaphras, who is one of you, say one of, one of, one of you, wouldn't that be wonderful for one of us to be doing what Epaphras is doing? Let's read. I said that, that rather quick, right? Wouldn't that be wonderful for many of us to be, do, to be doing what Epaphras did? Let's see what he did. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you. Always laboring fervently. That's the same word here. You could replace laboring fervently with, with always fighting for you. How was he fighting for them? Oh, God, we give you praise. We give you praise. My question is, don't forget I pelt a few questions before I said, sometimes you feel overwhelmed and weary. You feel harassed. Amen? When you feel that way, it's good to have some people like Epaphras in your corner. They know how to labor fervently they know how to keep the devil at bay are you with me and the truth be told brothers and sisters is the reason why sometimes we feel so overwhelmed so harassed mm, so overcome is because we do not know how to keep the devil at bay it's because we have not we have not take a hold of it, eternal life well <laughs> So he said, he prays for you fervently. In other words, Epaphras prayed with, prayed with passion. He prayed enthusiastically. He was zealous in his prayer. He was feverish and he was intense. Now that's a good type of prayer. I think it's James chapter 5 verse 14 says, The effectual fervent prayer of people like Epaphras. Glory. They avail what? Much. It's not a blessing. You see, this is what I found out. This is what I found out. I have been asking God, what is, what is, what does it mean to pray effectually and fervently? There's a difference, you know. You know, I've never taught on that before. I, I have never taught on that before. I'm going to something I've held back in my back pocket for a while about praying effectually and fervently. One of the most powerful ways you can pray. Mm? <laughs> oh, you're just waiting for what it means, right? <laughs> to pray effectually and fervently is to put everything in it. This is what I mean. Your body gets involved. Are you with me? Your mind gets involved. Your soul gets involved. Let me explain what I mean. Let me, no, no, I, I'm going to tell you what God said to me. 
Because I've been asking God to show me that type of prayer. You remembered in 1 Kings, I think, chapter 18. Don't you, I, 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 I think it's in chapter 18. 17 or 18. When Elisha made rain manifest. You remember that? No. <laughs> we are given an exhibit of what effectual, effective prayer looks like. The Bible says Elijah had a word from God. It, it's, it's, I left my Bible. He had a word from God. Elijah said, I am doing what I'm doing because God told me to do so. Have we been given words from the Lord? Have we been, have we been given promises from God? Have we been given promises from God? Elijah said the reason why I was able to call fire from heaven, the reason why I was able to shut down Ahaz, the reason why I was able to stop rain for three and a half years and then come back at the end of three and a half years and broke the drought. The reason why I was able to do that is because I had a promise from God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Elijah saying, I'm not just out there operating on my own. I'm not just out there and I'm not on authority. Hallelujah. I got a word from the Lord. And when I got a word from the Lord, I move in faith. Are you with me, saints? So when it was time for Elijah to break the drought, he began to pray effectively. Hold on, can you back up a bit? You know, I didn't come to preach this right here, but I think I need somebody need to hear this. Can you go to James chapter 5? And let's look at, I want to make a connection here. James chapter 5. Yes. There you go. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. You got it? James chapter 5, I think it's verse 14, verse 15. Because brothers and sisters, you hear me? We need to learn to lay hold on eternal life. Yes. Are you with me? When you do that, you'll be, you'll be less harassed. Le feel less overwhelmed. Mm, are you with me, saints? You'll stop, we'll stop feeling so many of you, you've backed up in a corner. Not you backed up. The devil had you in a corner in the house cried. <laughs> oh, not you. It's only me sometimes. Okay. <laughs> Go to verse 15. Verse 15. It says, The prayer, I'm looking for, was it before, Eli, was it before, can you go to verse 16? Verse 16, James chapter 5, verse 16. Yeah, verse, yeah, thank you, verse 17 is what I'm looking for, thank you so much. Yeah, it says, Elias, right here, was a man subject to like passions, he was just like any of us. God is encouraging us, are you with me, to use our faith like Elijah did. God is telling us there was nothing powerful about Elijah. Elijah, Elijah, God told Elijah to do three things. He said to Elijah, I need you to get your replacement. Do you remember when Elijah ran crying? Yeah. Crying to God and a, and a voice came to him. Still a small voice. God told him to do three things. I think God told him to go ahead and get his replacement. Because he kept saying, you know, I'm the only one and so on. So God said, okay, your career is over as a prophet. Go get your replacement. Then God said to him, I need you to also go anoint, anoint, um, what's that guy name? To replace Ahaz. I think it's Ahaz. Uh, uh, I forgot his name. Ehu or, anyhow, God told him, go anoint another man to take over. The same guy who threw Jezebel from the window. 
God told him to anoint that man, but he never anointed this guy. God gave Elijah three things to do. He did one. God still took him to heaven. Think about that. So that's why God is telling us, God, he did not. Elisha had to go anoint that king. I forgot his name. They said, the Bible says, when he rides, when he rides you know it's him. He's a, he rides his horse with power and passion. Read the Bible, that's what it says. Anyhow, I'm saying this to say that. The Bible tells us Elijah was an ordinary man. But he had a word from the Lord. He moved in faith and he saw miracles. Right here, the Bible tells us a man of like power. He prayed earnestly. What we said the word fight means? To labor earnestly, to labor fervently. I'm, try, I'm, making, I'm making a connection. That it might not rain and it rained not on the earth for three and a half years. Are you with me? Did What verse 18 says? Verse 18. And he prayed again. He, he, he caused the drought and he broke the drought. Are you with me, saints? Because why? He had a word from the Lord. God told him, go do the things he did. He didn't just do it on his own. He said that in 1 Kings chapter 17 or verse 18. Read it shortly after fire came down from heaven. Amen? He said that. Now, I am trying to show you what the way Elijah prays, an example of effectual fervent prayer. And so the Bible says, when it's time for Elijah to break the drought, are you with me? He told his servant to go on the mountaintop and see if there was any, any rain. The servant came back saying, no, Elijah, there is no rain. What did Elijah do? He began to pray fervently. He began to pray an effectual prayer. Now notice what a fervent and effectual prayer is. The Bible says Elijah bent down. He used his body. I'm trying to effectual fervent prayer. Everything gets involved. He used his body to send a message to his nervous system. I'm in this for real. He took the position. Uh, do you have the text? I think he stooped. Back then, <laughs> back then, you see, we get, we get sophisticated. Back then, when women give birth to children, they bend down and the nurse catch the baby. Elijah was giving birth to something. He bent down. <laughs> Woo! I'm talking about effectual, fervent prayer. The kind of prayer we come and we, we just sit down <laughs> and then we fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you get what I'm saying brothers and sisters that's effectual fervent prayer that's why sometimes when we pray we walk like we were in the army we walk not only we're walking to stay a, 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 um, awake also bless God <laughs> Are you get what I'm saying I'm telling you brothers and sisters how to lay hold of eternal life because you know what I'm going to tell you what is eternal life it is not only living for a long time. And God 
Paul told Timothy, the way you hold, take a hold on eternal life is by fighting a good fight of faith. You got to labor earnestly, labor fervently. And we saw what it means. Elijah did it. Oh, I wish I had the text. Is it 1 Kings chapter 6? 17, where Elijah prayed? Yeah, can you, can you? Glory be to Jesus. Uh, be, uh, and he, he, he sent this servant. He told his servant, effectual fervent prayer is passionate prayer. It's bulldog, it's bulldog tenacity prayer. You do not give up because you know you've got a promise from God. And it doesn't matter what it looks like. It, it just doesn't matter. You know you've got the power to change. Because you've got a promise. Uh, <laughs> so 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 you got to you got to get involved. There is what is called the law the law of physiology, and it's, it it says that your body, your nervous system recognizing when you are recognizes when you are all in. By the way, use your body. The law of physiology. Are you with me? You cannot just your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. That's God's. You use it to make the promises of God manifest. <laughs> you got it? So he told his servant to go up on the mountain and see whether it was cloudy. His servant went. It was 95 degrees. No cloud. Beautiful weather. Guess what? But he had a word from the Lord. He had a promise from God that after three and a half years, it is going to rain. After three and a half years, it looks like they were going for another three and a half years. The weather was so beautiful. But Elijah had a word from the Lord. And brothers and sisters, so many times we look at our situation and it looks insurmountable. We have a word from the Lord. But it seems like what we see is more real to us than the promise of God. I know, I, I'm not sure if, you, if you've been there. I've been there. Are you with me? But Elijah, let's take a lesson, learn a lesson from Elijah as to what effectual fervent praise so you can lay hold of eternal life. Are you with me? Too many of us Christians are living the Christian life without experiencing eternal life. Hmm? So many of us are living the Christian life without experiencing what eternal life, real eternal life is. Brothers and sisters, eternal life has benefits. Eternal life is a powerful thing. Amen. Are you with me, saints? Eternal life is good stuff. The Bible says every Christian here was called to eternal life. You were born to eternal life. You were born to enjoy God on the earth. You were born not to be last in everything. Are you with me, saints? You got a king living in you. The God of gods and the king of kings. Are you with me? It is time, brothers and sisters, we begin to experience externally what we have internally. Oh, God, I give you praise. But Paul said to Timothy, it, it doesn't come by osmosis. You got to fight. <laughs> the good fight of faith. I don't know about you brothers, when I go to pray, one thing on my mind is only, I'm going to lay hold of eternal life. I'm going to lay hold of eternal life. I, 
Ah, uh, glory be to Jesus. I think we got it. We got it, right? God. So the Bible says, so Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of the camel, Mount Camel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. Elijah began to use his body. Yeah. I, that's what effectual fervent praise. He took the position of giving birth to a child. He put his face in his leg, and he began to pray, give birth to the promises of God. And you hear me, brothers and sisters, until we learn to give birth to the promises of God, we'll not experience eternal life on the earth. I told God I was just coming to talk about it. Why am I shouting? <laughs> I, I need you to get that because I'm passionate about that. I have seen the difference in my life when I understood that principle. Are you with me? Your nervous system has to get involved. Your nervous system has to know, eh, this shit's for real. Because her body's not involved. His body's now involved. I know that, uh, I know that motion creates emotion. You, you, can, you, you gotta get, so Elijah got his body involved and he began to pray. This is where we mess up sometimes. After praying for a month or two months or three months or a year, we walk away. Not Elijah, he's got a word from the Lord. I, and no weather, no weather, no 98 degree weather is going, to, is, <laughs> is going to prevent him from experiencing the promises of God. God said after three and a half years, you're going to break that drought. Are you with me? It doesn't matter what the weather look like. Praise the Lord. Amen. The news weather forecast came on and they said it's going to be a beautiful day. A beautiful week. Elijah is listening to that on the television, but he has a word from the Lord. <laughs> I'm trying to make it plain, brothers and sisters. Amen. The weatherman said for the week, it's all 90s. Are you with me? It's good to go to the, it's good weather, good beach weather. But Elijah said, no, I got a word from the Lord. I got a promise from God and I've got to make the promise of God manifest. And what, the only way I can make it manifest is to get involved, is to pray fervently, Effectually, that's what the Bible says, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous human being always prevail. So how did he, as I said, what did he do? And I'm repeating myself for a particular reason. Because after you live here today, I don't want you to pray the same way. Don't just come in front, just sit down and... Thank you, Master. We bless you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm not, I'm not the only one who's been there. Are <laughs> you with me, saints? Effectual fervent prayer, it doesn't just happen. You got to get yourself ready to engage. Amen. Because eternal life, you get to, that's how you get hold. That's how you lay hold on eternal life. So the first time the servant went up, the weather was beautiful. He came back. He said, Master, let's read. Let's read. Can you go to verse 43? First Kings 18. And he said to his servant, go up. Look toward the sea. And the servant went up and looked. Looked towards the sea and said, there is nothing. No cloud. Beautiful weather. The forecast all week, 98 degrees. And he said, go again. Seven times. Go again. The second time he went. Good weather. 90s. 
The third time he went, good weather, 90s. The fourth time he went, good weather, 90s. How many of you would agree by the fourth time? Fourth time, you and I, you and I would maybe start doubting. You and I, yeah, you, you think that's real? You, you think that's really a promise from the Lord? You know, well, I hear them say this and I hear them say that, you know. Brothers and sisters, that's real. I'm talking about effectual fervent prayer. Mm -hmm. But he's got a promise from God. You have to make a choice to either believe God's word, engage in effectual fervent prayer, or not. It's up to you. People who go places in God is because they know that the promise of God is yes and amen. Second Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. In Jesus, all the promises are and amen. Can you say it again? All the promises are yeah. and, uh, and that's it. It doesn't matter what the weather look like, looks like. It doesn't matter. I got a promise from God. Uh, so the fourth time he went, he came back down. Every time the servant went up and come down, Elijah assumed the position of giving birth. And he's praying. And he's not saying that. I guarantee you, this is what he's not saying. Lord, I stop by here, Lord. Lord, can you touch me, Lord? Yeah, Lord. Stop by here, Lord. I guarantee you that's not what he's saying. Because he knows, any educated Christian knows that they, 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 they walk with God. They got the house God. They carry God. So they're not going to ask God to stop by here. They're not going to ask God to touch them. You have the fullness of God. I think, I think brothers and sisters, we take Christianity, uh, we, we take it so light. That we don't even realize what our mouth is saying. Our mouth is saying one thing. Our heart has something different. Our head is in a different direction. You think about that. The sixth time, Elder Brenda, the servant went up. I'm explaining what effectual fervent prayer looks like. Because the Bible tells you that is the type of prayer that avails. And he looks and he, and he gives us an exhibit. Elijah is an example of what effectual fervent prayer looks like. Are you with me, saints? So, by, so when you leave here today, you will know the reason why I'm still harassed. The reason why I still feel overwhelmed. I told you, didn't I, didn't I tell you at the start, if you feel that way, maybe I can share something with you that's going to help you. Mm -hmm. Are you with me? So effectual fervent prayer, you get your body involved. You don't just sit down somewhere. The seventh time the servant went up, he saw a cloud the size of a man's hand. How did he know that? It's because the skies were clear. The only way you can see a cloud so small there's got to be clear skies. It's got to be 90s. Are you with me? Yes. Mm? And Elijah said, what did he say? 
And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said to his servant, Go up and tell Ahab, Prepare your chariot and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. How did he know it's going to rain? God told him at the end of three and a half years. Let's just put it this way. He knew because God gave him a promise. How many promises has God given us? You tell me how many promises have God given us? And the way we lay hold on these promises is by fighting a good fight of faith. That's how you lay hold on it. It doesn't just come and, and, and you ask, why does it have to be this way in, in this world? Look, this is the way it is. You come here and that's how, it, that's how it's always been. When you get your own world, you'll, 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 do, you'll, come up with different, you'll come up with different rules. But as long as you are a guest here, I think most of us are, you just take it as it comes. That's what you do. You fight the good fight of faith. You do what you have to do. The fast is over. So we have primitive every, every Tuesday evenings. What you do? You come here. You get yourself a cup of coffee. Knock, slip out. And you come to engage. You come for war. You get your voice involved. You start raising your voice. Don't you worry with people who tell you, you got to be silent in praising God. The Bible says, let the sea roar. I was speaking with a friend of mine. We were just talking. And, um, you know, in other words, there is a lot of consternation out there as to whether they should raise your voice and praise God or not. Are you with me? Or whether you can just praise him internally. Praise itself talks about opening the mouth. Amen? So... I said, the Bible says that we should deny ourselves and follow him. Isn't that so? So if he's Lord, and he said you got to deny yourself and follow him. If he's Lord, and he said, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. He's Lord. You deny your quiet personality. And then you open your mouth because he's Lord. If he's not Lord, you stay quiet. Where was I? Seven times. Seven times. And at the end of seven times, a cloud, a cloud came, appeared, and then it began to rain. Brothers and sisters, I'm asking you today. Can you see why many of us are where we are? Can you understand why Paul told Timothy to fight can you go back to our text? 1 Timothy 6.12. He said, fight agonizomai. Mm -hmm. The good, the, the word good here is, it means noble and excellent. It is a noble and excellent fight. You know why it's a noble and excellent fight? Because Jesus won the victory already. Jesus won the victory. He knocked the teeth out the devil. This, are you with me? The devil has no teeth. He's just roaring toothless. There is, no there is no bite. There is no bite. Are you with me, saints? It's just a roar. And so now you and I, what we got to do is run to the roar. Because you're going to meet a toothless devil. Run to the roar. 
do you know I found out, I found out it, it, for real in Africa, that lion when he roars, it's better to run to him because if you run away, he has lionesses surrounding the roar. So you run straight into many lionesses. If you run, you can take a, towards him, you can take a different path. So what we do, what we have to do now is run to the raw. I don't feel like doing it. Oh yes, I feel like I'm running to the raw. <sighs> Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? Because my, my goal is to lay hold on eternal life. You, you know, you, you know, I look at, I look at uh, the young kids in the church and those who are coming up and I, my heart goes out for them. My heart goes out to them because our generation is not doing what we have to do to pass on the baton to them. And it scares me. It scares me. Because all they just want they, they want to be on games while the devil is eating their lunch. And then you, you come to church and the very same thing is happening in the churches. We don't realize they are looking. We are setting an example. I think right in Jeremiah chapter 9 verse 17, because of what Israel did, punishment was coming upon them. And God said, God said to the sense of, God said to the Israelites, I want you to call forth the morning women. Hmm? Because he said, bring them in because, because uh, destruction is coming. There's going to be a lot of mourning. Because, you know, back then they were paid. They were paid mourners. You know, you would hire some people to mourn for you at your family. And these, at your family's wedding, and these people were so skillful. They would mourn and they would get you crying. That's how skillful I think is. Thank you. That's it. Thus have the Lord of us. Consider ye all and call for the what? The mourning women. And that they should come and send forth for what? You don't know what cunning here means skillful. Some of these people were so skillful in making you cry. And while I was reading that, while I was reading that, I said, while I was reading this right here, the Lord said to me, where did you learn to pray? Where did you learn to pray? Where did we learn to pray? The elderly women at the church. That's where we learn to pray. They know how to pray. This elderly, this elderly women, are you with me? Don't you, don't you count them out? They've developed a skill in praying. That's how we learn to pray. We hear them over and over and over and over again. And all of a sudden the mind hears it. Especially when they begin to pray the word of God. That's how we learn to pray. Amen. I remember at the age of 16, 17, we would be at the church 5 in the morning with elderly women. With the elderly, elderly of, you remember with the elderly at the church and we would be uh, it was about five or six of them and i would be there about five in the morning they would be saying pray son pray pray Emmanuel," and they would converge on me in my face and say pray pray and i kid you not it was five o'clock it was halitosi city <laughs> but but that, i survived it amen i i survived it bless god <laughs> Don't tell them I said that. But that, that's where <laughs> these days I hear, I hear the voices in my subconscious mind. I hear this praying, this mourning, this groaning, this, this intense laboring like Elijah making things happen. I saw these women call little boy's name and their lives were turned around. 
I saw these women lay hold on eternal life for children. And I'm asking, where is it? Everybody's busy working. We have one night, one night on Tuesday night, 6 p.m. Thank you. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was on Tuesday evening. We changed it. We made it easier. This is what we did. We said, okay, we don't want people to make two commute, two commute to the church. Let's gas, right? Let's, let's gas. Let not, let's not put too much pressure on the saints because we know the saints like it easy. They like it easy. So, so what we did, what we did, we decided to make it easy. <laughs> So we said one night and the same three to four people. Same every time I leave the conference room, I come and take a peep at exactly six to Tuesday, six, six, six or five, six, ten, the same set of people. So what I did, what we do, my wife and I do, we let, him, we let Emmanuel sit right in the corner. That's how I learned. That's how he's going to learn. Hear the prayer going on. So it could get in his subconscious mind. That's how you pass on the baton to the young. Brothers and sisters, black history. We, this is black history month, right? The Christian, the, the, the Christian pillars are going. Dr. Fred Price just died. A Christian pillar. Nobody will ever sing uh, the name of Jesus like Rance Allen again. Nobody cannot do that. He passed away. What are we doing? What are we doing? God is looking for leaders. Leaders. Who know how to lay hold on eternal life. The pillars, are, they are dying out. And we are sleeping. It breaks my heart. The same three people, four people, every Wednesday. I'll tell you what, this morning at five o'clock, the Lord wake me up. Because I was preparing this message and I said, Lord, I don't want to preach this message. Just give me something good, let me move on. Said, give me a sweet message. Give me a sweet message. Just something, five o'clock I got up and the Lord said to me, Galatians 6, 9, do not be wary in well doings, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. He said, You're sounding like you're fainting. Quickly, let me jump over to what eternal life is, and I'll bring it to a close. You know, I, I forgot my notes. <laughs> right here, brothers and sisters, let me show you. Right here. Remember, Second Chronicles seven fourteen, what it says: If my people, who are called by what, by my name, will do what, humble themselves, brothers and sisters, look at the progression. Look at the progression. You have to first humble yourselves, and then what? Until you humble yourself, you cannot pray. Look at the progression. And what do I mean by humbling, humbling yourself? You got, to, you got to shelve your schedule. I think you all say schedule. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, you have to shelve your, shelve your schedule. Uh, humble yourself. 
shelve your schedule and realize it's Wednesday night. When I was doing real estate, when I was out there in the secular world working, I shut down everything at 5.30. Because I got to be at prayer. I shut it down. I told, I'm not showing you no houses after 7. Sorry, after 5. That's it. And guess when most people want to see houses? Yes. But I had something for the devil. I, I lost a lot of business, but brothers and sisters, you hear me, bro? You hear me well. I don't think I lose anything in heaven. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I'm not telling you how to live your life, brothers and sisters, but I'm telling you what's going on. There is a fight going on. There is a war going on. Listen to me. Are you, no, well, let me not say listen to me. Hear my heart. You hear my heart, brothers and sisters. God, in, in, the old, in the old days, in the Old Testament, when there was trouble, people run to church. Anyhow. You remember when there was trouble, folks run to church. Nowadays, we got trouble. We got coronavirus breaking out everywhere and fun. And, and we are staying home. I have, I have no problems with that. The, the, the problem is stay home and don't go to the store either. Just, just don't, go to, don't go to work and sit with people for eight hours and wear a mask. I believe the safest place on earth is the house of God. You can trust God for two hours to sit here on Wednesday evening from six to eight. Are you with me? We have no, we have no worship service. I cut it out so we can get the word. Because I'm seeing, what's go I'm seeing what's happening. I'm seeing the church is getting spiritually feeble. Because we do not know how to lay hold on eternal life. And I understand. I understand the concerns. I understand that, brothers and sisters. But everywhere is reopening. Uh, uh, CNN said that the coronavirus, all of them, CNN, Fox, MSNBC, they said that the coronavirus infection is down 25% nationwide, except in Iowa. I wonder what's going on in Iowa. <laughs> Everywhere is green, IRA is red. Think about it. People are getting back to their lives and still. Let me show this to you and then I'll be done. That's not fair, but I'm going to bring it to an end here. You remember Solomon when Solomon built the temple of God? When Solomon built the temple of God, Solomon prayed a prayer. I want to show you how safe God's house is. Is that all right? Can you give me just uh, five minutes to let me show you how safe the God's house is? Oh, God, help me. I got it somewhere. Yes. Can you turn to 1 Kings chapter 8? The temple is built. The temple is built. Temple is built. Solomon's there, and the temple is now being dedicated. The house of, can you say the house of God? The house of God is dedicated. Notice what Solomon is praying. And every prayer he prayed, Jasmine, God answered it. Notice what he prayed. Can you go to verse, verse 33? Verse 33. First Kings chapter 8. Solomon is praying about the temple of God. He said, he said, God, when your people of, when the people of Israel be smitten down before the enemy, because they have sinned against you and shall turn again and confess your name and pray. He said after they sin and they get a beating. If they turn and pray and make supplication, supplication is to pray. Where? Where? Unto the, in this house. What did he say he wants them to do? Verse 34. Then hear thou in heaven and forgive. God did it. God did it. Whenever they, look at the history, whenever they were in trouble, 
They went to the house of God and they repented and prayed and God took care of them, the house of God. Not, not the house, the house of God. Now praying at your house is okay. We all have our fire at the house. But when you, when you build your fire at your house, I build my fire, I'm talking about prayer, amen? When we build our fire and we come in the house of God, it will be a towering inferno. The devil can't touch this. It's like a soldier by himself. He's more effective with an army. Let's see what else the Bible says about the house of God. Verse 34. Verse 34. Solomon is praying. He said, then hear thou in heaven. Let's go to verse 36. Verse 35, sorry. He's praying another prayer. He said in verse 35, when heaven is shut up. He said, when there is a drought and there is no rain. Because they have sinned against thee. If they pray. He, he did not even say, when they come in the house. He said, if they just pray towards the house. You don't. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Solomon said, if they sinned, they may, are you with me? If there is the sin, there is drought, they've been punished. He said, typically the Jews look to the east to pray. All you have to do is find the east and pray towards the temple. And God would forgive you and heal your problem. The house of God. He continued, he continued the last, my last one. I'm trying to show you, show you how safe the house of God is. Verse 38. He said, what prayer and supplication soever be made by any man, this is, the, this is the one I like, or by any people in Israel, which shall know every man the plague of his, do, are we, is the coronavirus a plague? Yes, yes, hear what the Bible says. And spread forth his hands towards this house. All he has to do, if he has the plague, find out the direction of the house of God, stretch his hand and pray and boom. Do we believe that today? No, we get too sophisticated. We, you know, now we're advanced. But that's the word of God. How many minutes do I have? Eternal life. Eternal life. Anybody know what eternal life is? Let me tell you quickly. I'm going to show you quickly and I'm done, okay? I promise you I'll be done. I'll be, I'm promising you I'll be done. The Bible says here, eternal life. I have it in my notes right here. Eternal life, John 17, 3, quickly. Let's see what is eternal life. John 17, 3, you got it? Eternal life, and this is eternal life. Here it is. That they might know. You see the word might? Yes. Not everybody is going to pursue it. Right. That they might know. That word know is to know experientially. Not head knowledge. Right. It is know experientially. To know thee. The only true God. And Jesus Christ whom you sent. That is eternal life. To know God. To have an intimate relationship with God. Lord have mercy. Hallelujah. On this earth. It is not are you with me? It is not to live forever and ever and ever. You get that already. You have that already. You will, when Lazarus died, Jesus said, Lazarus didn't die. He's asleep. Christians don't die. We just graduate. But eternal life on this earth, are you hearing me, brothers and sisters? Is knowing God intimately. 
So anoint Jesus intimately. Lord, I give you praise. So that what's his is yours. When you have a need, there is no time to beg. <laughs> oh God, I give you praise. Oh, glory be to God. Are you with me, saints? That is, that is what, but that you have to lay hold on it. How? You got to fight the good fight of faith. Glory be to God. Fight the good fight of faith. Next week, I'll continue. I think there is a part B somewhere. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. And brothers and sisters, you hear me? I'm not mad. I'm, not, I, I'm, I'm a little disappointed. I'm a little disappointed. Yes, I am. But I'm not mad. I'm, 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 I'm happy. I thank God for Jesus. Amen? Thank God for Jesus. But we got a, we got a generation to pass on the baton, the baton to. And that's really my concern. What are we passing on to these kids? Can they fight like we are fighting? Are we taking time to train them and show them? God, we thank you for your word. If you're looking today, if you're looking and you haven't laid hold, you haven't laid hold on eternal life, today is a good day to do that. You can move from darkness to light. If you would pray this prayer with me and accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, men, you'll have eternal life. Pray this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to help me lay hold on eternal life. Today, I accept him as my Lord and Savior in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. If you did that, send us a note at iogmtally at gmail.com. iogmtally at gmail.com. God bless you. Hope to hear from you. Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.